Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC's orthopedics team, offering hip, knee, joint, spine, and back treatments. Learn more at upmc.com slash centralpaortho. Welcome to The Spark. I'm Scott Lamar. Pennsylvania voters did not have equal opportunities to cast or correct their ballots during the November 2022 election, the latter producing a disparity that disenfranchised hundreds of voters. That's the first sentence from a recent first-of-its-kind report on all 67 Pennsylvania counties from Spotlight, PA. The focus was on mail-in ballots and how counties dealt with them in 2022. The bottom line, there isn't consistency across the state on one of democracy's most fundamental rights and liberties. Kate hong Fu is the Spotlight PA reporter who investigated the story and is with us today on The Spark. Kate, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. So, bottom line is, why are there inconsistencies from county to county in Pennsylvania when it comes to voting? Essentially, it's because Pennsylvania uh, lets so much of voting policy up to county election directors. And across the 67 different counties in Pennsylvania, election directors obviously employ different practices. They also have different resources, different staff sizes, a, a whole range of differences between them. And that results in different voting practices. So, you know, this is a little bit different than other laws that are set by the state that mandate what counties must do. The legislation that legalized mail-in ballots a few years ago uh, apparently didn't cover everything, especially when it comes to the logistics, correct? Exactly. Act 77 did allow for mail-in mail-in voting, but didn't cover specifics regarding you know, uh, how many drop boxes a state has to provide or um, whether a state has to provide drop boxes at all, whether or not ballot sharing is allowed, all those little details that end up resulting in, you know, thousands of votes. So what did you look into? I mean, it wasn't just mail-in ballots, correct? Correct. So beyond just mail ballots, we also tried to look at other factors of voter accessibility. We looked at the size of each voting precinct, essentially how many voters would ha- would have to vote in each precinct. That's a standard that's set by the state election code, but it's not commonly followed. Um, and other things like, you know, the distance for a drop box or, or um, how accessible meeting minutes are so that way voters can understand the decisions that their election officials are making. I'm going to ask you about the findings in just a moment, but something that caught my ear that you just said, the first thing you said about uh, the precincts and how many voters are supposed to vote uh, in person at a precinct, that 62 of the 67 counties surpassed the limits on what the number of voters who are supposed to be there and why that has a uh, why that has a, a real life impact is that people have to wait in line, right? Exactly. So the range for a number of voters per precinct is pretty huge. I think it's about 200 to 1,200, so you have a pretty big size. Um, And a lot of the election directors we spoke with did caution us that that is not necessarily an indicator of wait time because some precincts could be more heavily staffed, some precincts could be less staffed, um, 
So it really does depend. But as a general metric, we did find that most counties, at least one, if not more, precincts had uh, surpassed that limit. Okay, so what were, besides that, what were some of your major findings? Um, Mostly that only about uh, 12 counties explicitly, or at least 12 counties allowed voters to explicitly cure ballots. Nine counties specifically forbade them. um, And within those 12 counties that allowed curing ballots, I believe about two-thirds of them, like, proactively reached out to voters to tell them about defects in their ballots to... uh, ensure that they have proper time to fix those mistakes. I think you just defined this, but I just want to be clear for all our listeners. What does curing a ballot mean? So curing a ballot, well, that's actually a really great question where it can mean a lot of things, right? So sometimes it's if your ballot is missing a signature, allowing the voter to go in and sign it. If your ballot is dated incorrectly or missing a date entirely. Um, Sometimes counties will let voters go in and fix those. So it can mean any of those three things, all those three things, or a few of them. And again, this is something that state law does not address, correct? Exactly, yes. There have been a lot of requests from election officials to address this gap in the law uh, alongside other fixes in our election processes, like um, allowing pre-canvassing, which would just let election directors count ballots before election day starts. It would speed up the process. But thus far, the state legislature hasn't been able to agree on any sort of substantial election reform. Now, as far as the counties go and uh, how they handle these elections, or especially the mail-in part uh, of it, Does it break down by county? Are there trends in counties controlled by Democrats and Republicans? Yeah, we have found that the more urban counties and those that typically have uh, more Democrats in uh, the county election positions um, do tend to allow for more curing, um, and the more rural counties don't. um, But it's more based on population density, we found, rather than we we didn't look at the specific partisan breakdown for each county. When you say by uh, population, what, what do you mean? What did you find with that? So areas that are more densely populated, um, like places around Philly, Pittsburgh, those taller counties, even up in, like Stanton, uh, Erie, will allow, will have, for one, more drop boxes that are more available, so they'll be open for longer in, more di- in different places. And they also tended to be the counties that would allow voters to cure ballots. Now, there was a Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruling just uh, a few weeks ago that addressed some of this. What did that ruling say? That ruling basically just reaffirmed what the state Supreme Court had previously said, also that uh, undated ballots don't have to be counted. But the state Supreme Court had defined what counted as an undated ballot very, very late in the process. So it also reaffirmed that individual counties were able to to essentially determine what an undated ballot was. So that affected the number of ballots that could or couldn't be cured. So from what what you just described, it sounds like the Supreme Court decision didn't really come back with a definitive answer on this. Yeah, that that is a, a bit of a theme where I think the state Supreme Court last year, the year before, also... Um, you know, didn't mandate ballot curing. It, it it permitted it, but didn't sort of prescribe to tell counties what to do. Um, 
there have been similar recommendations by, you know, commissions from the state legislature that recommend things but don't force any counties to do anything. Hmm. So in your report, you conclude that there were voters in this state who were disenfranchised. In what way? Well, basically, if some voters are allowed to fix their ballots or fix those mistakes, their vote matters more to an extent. Their vote is going to count when, while others, other people don't that made that same mistake, right? So that is a form of disenfranchisement where under Pennsylvania's you know, free and equal election clause, theoretically, each vote should have the same weight and the same rights. So what's the solution here? Um, the solution ideally would be that the state government, I believe, uh, standardizes its process, creates um, sort of answers for the county's uh, county election directors to refer back to. Um, and that has been what county election directors um, have been asking for for quite a few years now. But um, any major election reform attempts have been sort of tied up in disagreements about expanding voter ID requirements um, and even the policies that across the board, without any sort of partisan uh, discussion, like are agreed upon things like pre-canvassing have been stuck in that mud of whether or not voter ID should be expanded. It has become a political hot potato. Uh, counties, you know, we've talked to them many times on this program, have desperately been asking for some guidance and they haven't gotten it from the state legislature. Kate Wong-Pu is the spotlight reporter uh, who reported this story. Kate, thank you very much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you so much. You're listening to The Spark on WITF. You're home for NPR and discovering all things local. I'm Scott Lamar.